Crazy. Disruptive. Explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Recapic Podcast. It is the Recapic Podcast. We are wreaking havoc on your day. I'm Jody. Across from me is Trevor. Trevor? T Brown Brown. T Brown Brown. Super excited today. We've got somebody that we've planned on having since we started the podcast because we knew he would be electric and he would be uh, he'd be the kind of guy that would roll into a podcast wearing sunglasses. We knew that was going to happen. At least he's wearing a shirt. And he's well, well, I've he had it off a little earlier. Yeah. But uh, we've got Mr. Tony Ferguson for Guison from Idaho Select Insurance with us today. Uh, we, I know we kind of, yeah, put it in, yeah, you need to work that into post edit. There's Are some you sort of, yeah, that's a good one. We, we, a good intro. In your head? we switched it around a little bit because of the ability. Cause I mean, Mr. Ferguson has a lot of stuff going on. He's very busy. I love, man. I love that formality. <laughs> and, uh, Mr. He, he really, we, we were able to work him in and we, I know we said last episode that we were going to do something, uh, a little bit different. We we're going to do the t-shirt, funny t-shirt deal. We, we're, we're gonna still going to do it. We're, we're going to do it. We're just moving it around because do, we had an opportunity. I want to do more research on funny t-shirts Yeah, because I can think of some, but I know there's a lot more on the interwebs that are right. highly entertaining. And I would like to uh, spend some time being entertained. Right. I entertain myself often, and I like that. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate that. And I like when you send me videos of you entertaining yourself. Well. Anyway, back to our guest. I don't I know want if to, I want you to be sending videos <laughs> it is of yourself. entertainment. <laughs> entertaining yourself going to Trevor. I don't want to. I don't. <laughs> you know, we're close like that. <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe too close. Maybe you should grow a beard and join that, the club. I can't grow a beard. I don't know if I want to I don't know if I've ever seen you with any facial hair. I don't, I don't get it. None? Yeah. Uh-huh. You need to intro yourself. Tell us what you oh, do yeah. and and uh, and what you're doing here. Uh, so I am Tony Ferguson. You don't the. Need to call me Mister. That's fine. Tony Ferguson works fine. Uh, I'm one of the owners, partners at uh, Idaho Select Insurance. We're an independent brokerage, so sell home, auto, life, and commercial insurance, and been doing it for eight years now. So wow. what we thought would be a very interesting deal because you are one of the least boring people in our lives and oh. you've been in our life a long time we've been friends we've all been friends for a long time so Legendary. we go back a long ways and i uh uh i just am always enamored with the idea that probably one of the most electric guys i know is part of an industry that is probably considered boring less exciting sure right so Get i that. mean what we thought would be really interesting for our listeners from a business standpoint is how do you ha- like I mean, this is the big picture thing, and we'll take a little while getting there. But like, how you take something that's super not not exciting. awesome, yeah. and exciting. you make it pretty crazy because that's one of the things. I mean, you're doing it extremely well, and I've been lucky enough yeah. to kind of watch from the very beginning how it's going on. I grew up in an insurance family. Um, you know, my my mom was an insurance agent. My you know, I, I've been around insurance a lot. Um, and you know our other good friend Jason Swan, who's your partner in the business. Mm-hmm. Is, Hi, Swanee. Uh, shout out to Swanee. Shout out to Swanee. He was going to try to be here today, but he's got a lot of basketball games going on with his daughters, so he's not able to be here. It's a good. Day. Uh, but like we've been around it, and I've seen how you took off with this thing, and it just mm-hmm. made it awesome. And uh, and and I I gotta believe it's not because insurance is awesome; it's because what you're doing. So <laughs> t- tell me how you one. Go back to where you started and decided you were going to Start do insurance at the beginning, <laughs> and then how you've twisted it into you know the success it is today. Well, do you want the drawn out story of when you were my roommate and how I began? And yeah, from, I just give us from give having us, nothing and yeah, like kind of yeah, because I mean I was poor. I think that's the I had a dirt floor. Yeah, and I ate <clears throat> just what Mother Nature provided. That's pretty much what I did. Yeah, it's just interesting because I I do I like that because I think there's people listening that are going to you know that are maybe at a, because here's the deal it's never too late to change we talk about it all right. the time right do, oh, yeah. do the shit you love it's do you know cha- make those changes anytime you can you made a change I mean it wasn't super late but it wasn't super early in life it was kind of right in the middle mm-hmm. you know what made you do that and how have you I think accelerated it extremely well in a time frame where I mean you've scaled. Yeah. extremely fast so yeah go sure. back and tell a little bit of the basics okay um so basically what happened to me is i was an engineer at micron for 13 years 
And um, my last two years there, I was very worn out where I was like, I, I've got to figure out what my career change is going to be, but I know I'm not going to be a lifer at Micron. I knew that. So about year 11, um, with my career at Micron, I started looking for plan B. And plan B was going to be a home appraiser. And so right. I started um, getting my apprenticeship going. Um, and you had to do two years of apprenticeship as an appraiser before you can become a certified appraiser. And so I did one year of my apprenticeship uh, as appraising. And then in 2008, Micron was doing layoffs. Weird. And so, that's odd that they would do that. And I already, yeah, I know. And so, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get out of the corporate world because you have no control of your, you know. No, say. that's stable, right? right. That's, that's yeah. stable. Yeah. It's us entrepreneurs that are so crazy and, and risk takers. Right? I know. That's the, that's the, it's such a false, it's such, such a crazy I think belief. Um, so then uh, I said, I told my boss I was ready to, to go. I had plan B. I didn't have kids, no wife, no responsibilities. I only needed another year of my apprenticeship to become certified. And so I offered to leave our group if they were going to do layoffs. So I did end up losing my job in 2008 and, um, which was weird because I've had it for 13 years. And so, you know, once you leave the next day you wake up and you're just like, what, what am I doing the rest of my life? Like mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is plan B. I got to make it happen now. And probably about three months after I had left Micron, the whole home market decided to crash. Good Took times. Yeah. Good. And I'm going into the home market for plan B. <laughs> and so this was a big <laughs> shot to my ball sack, basically, <laughs> and my manliness. And um, I had set up some really good networking within that year that I'd started. But my networking only gave me about four to five appraisals a week. And basically, I wanted to do eight to 10 to have the same kind of income as when I left Micron. So I needed to double that output. And when the home market crashed, the government put in a law called the HVCC law, which is the Home Value Code of Conduct law, which meant lenders and appraisers could no longer communicate. And they were saying mm -hmm. that that was the reason for the inflation was because lenders would come up to a Just home. Just that. Yeah, yeah. And they would say it lenders, wasn't interest lenders would get or... an offer on a house and say to the appraiser, this needs to appraise for 320000 so the loan will close. And so they were saying based on that, that the appraiser would come in at a 320000 guaranteed no matter what because of the conversations that were happening. Right. So the government got involved and said, okay, we're going to break that. And so now as an appraiser, you could no longer... Um, network, you had to be on this list of preferred appraisers for these mortgage companies. And then they sent their preferred list to these management groups that were back East. And so when they would get an order, they would send that order to one of the appraisers on the list. You don't know which appraiser is going to get it. And, and then you don't know what lender sending it to you and you would just appraise it and it would go to the mortgage lender, but it was breaking the communication between the lenders and the appraisers. Mm -hmm. And so the mortgage groups took a third of the fee in <laughs> as well. And they didn't do anything except send the job out. Yeah. So not only was I not able to grow my network of who I was working with, but now a third of my fees also gone as well. And so um, I wasn't going to be able to network. I wasn't knowing I was going to get a job. I just lost a third of my pay. And I mean, I was I was pretty much rock bottom. I was like, well, I'm not going to be an appraiser. I'm not going to get involved with an industry that's just so much government-based now and so much regulated. So that was when I called my buddy John Latta. Um, at the time who had an insurance agency down in Arizona. And my whole thought process is I love working with people. I knew when I was at Micron, that was one of the reasons why I was getting burned out because I was in a cube all day. I didn't have any opportunity to go out and talk to people. And You're kind of people. a social person. I like being social, kind of social. yes, <laughs> a little um, bit. to say. A little so, bit. <laughs> so I enjoyed that aspect of life that I was missing. And so I wanted to figure out how I could do it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I've always enjoyed is the chase. You know, the chase of anything, whether it's chasing women, whether it's chasing money, chasing the cell, chasing anything. How soccer can I ball. soccer ball, whatever it is, it's <laughs> I'm always chasing. Right. And I enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I called John and said, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, getting into insurance. Can I come down there and see how your operations are going in Arizona and then maybe getting licensed and open up a shop up here using your appointments? And so I went down there for a month and saw how they were operating, kind of got the whole aspect of the insurance agency and, and realized that it was something that I think I could do really well at. Plan C. So Plan C came in, and 
at the time, um, I came back and got licensed. It took me about three weeks to get licensed. And then I opened up what was called Idaho Premier Insurance um, off of Lada's appointments in Arizona. So they had Arizona Premier. I opened up a one-man shop here, just me, and I just called it Idaho Premier and used their appointments and just started writing business. And basically, um, for me, I took all my retirement plan from Micron, had about $100,000 in my 401k, and used all of that to kind of sustain myself while I was growing my book of business. And with, you know, as an independent agency, you don't have any income at all. There's no salary. It's, you're, you're making $0 until you sell a policy. Right. And so the only way that you, you put dinner on the table is you go sell policies. And so it was a big gamble for me to put my, basically my retirement plan all in one basket. And so um, at the time, Trevor was living with me. And, um, I had refied my house right before the market crashed and I got about $40,000 cash out of the refi and my home went from about $175,000 value to about 105. <laughs> and so, um, Good I'm sitting times. here, yeah, I'm sitting here paying a mortgage <laughs> and I'm looking at the mortgage and I'm like, this thing's never going to be profitable. So I told Trevor, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to short sell my house, you know? Uh, I'm not going to make another payment on it. I'm going to call the bank and I'm going to tell them. I'm going to be up front with them. I'm just like, hey, I'm this thing's underwater. It doesn't make sense for me to pay it. I called them to see what I could do to start the process of the short sell. And basically the only thing you can do, they say, is you don't pay your Go mortgage pay. For, for three <laughs> yeah. months. And I'm like, well, I, I, want, I don't want to screw my credit. You know, it's like, how work with me here. I'm working with you. I'm just kind of giving you a heads up. And they're like, no, there's nothing you can do. You just, you just so don't true. pay. And I go, okay, well. I guess this is my phone call telling you I'm not paying. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And so Trevor and I lived there a year and a half yeah. uh, without making a mortgage payment. A year and a half? Yeah. Yeah. So that really helped me out on growing <laughs> my book of insurance is I never made a mortgage payment yeah. and lived there a year and a half. And so a lot of people, it was kind of funny. A lot of people got screwed by this whole deal. Yeah. And I just took advantage of the whole deal, right? I just refied my house, got 40 grand out of it. Timing, baby. Yeah, yeah. it was total timing. And, it, yeah. and so it Lemonade, yeah, baby. Total, Lemonade. Right. You know, <laughs> you get lemons. You get lemons and you make lemons. Sometimes lemon. it works out in and, your favor and, and sometimes it, you exactly not. And, and this was a perfect scenario, right? Where a lot of people are like, man, how'd you do it? And I tell people all the time, I was lucky. I was, I was on the other side. And yeah. a lot of people I were. put 50 grand down on a house. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, yeah. it's worth what? No, uh-uh. Yeah, exactly. But I, I stayed in the house and now it's back up. So well, it, yeah, sure. It worked. If you stayed and outlived, you know, the downfall, then you'll be fine. But right. I'm gritty, I'm gritty like that. But gritty. yeah, I mean, that was the thing. I got really lucky. It helped me, and it was uh, very beneficial to to me at the time. And um, so a lot of luck. And and then I landed a, a really large account, and and that helped me um, kind of know that you know what everything's going to be fine. And after about my third year in the industry. Year three. Hold on, not to cut in here, but like, because I was there. So, the <laughs> the thing that I think was really impressive is watching you. I mean, from a business standpoint, because we we were both in a really crazy spot in our life. That's right. Yeah. When I went through my divorce. I was renting a place from a guy who, unbeknownst to me, didn't make the payments and let it short sell till I got a knock on my door one day. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, and they walked up to the door, asked me if I was my landlord. I said, No, I'm you know renting the place from him. And they're like, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> hate to be the bearer of bad news. Yikes. Uh, we got a, some bad news for you. He hasn't made the payment for the last six months and you got to move out. And it actually ended up being really beneficial to me because, again, there's right timing. There was a thing called cash for keys and the bank mm -hmm. came to me and said, you get to, you know, basically we're going to pay you. What does it cost for you to move? And I, you know, and, sh and the lady kind of wink and a nudge and said, she's like, inflate it, we'll pay it. And I'm like, oh, so I cranked it up, got a bunch of money at that time. Just happened to be hanging out, going out for beers with Ferg. And he's like, why don't you just come crash at my place? Like, you know, it's just me and you can bring, you know, come on over with the kids and hang out. So it worked out for all of us. But the interesting thing was, is we, you know, hanging out there was a really really fun part of my life but watching you 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 called your shot a little bit with 
knowing that you needed to go for that big account and you yeah. really focused on it and you knew you needed a home run kind of deal, right? Like oh, you were sure. picking your pitch and he swung for the fence on that pitch and you nailed it. And that was yeah. what I thought was really awesome. It was like he, he, he knew like, I gotta, I gotta get a big payday and you chased that guy hard. I chased him and, and then, then you landed and it was, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of work. I remember the day when you got it, it was pretty awesome. So. Well, it was awesome. And it was, it was pretty interesting because it was an hour meeting, you know, and basically what it came down to is in that hour meeting, I had convinced him that I was going to do a better job than this current agent. I wasn't going to save him any money on the account. All I was going to do is become the agent of record on the account. So I didn't even write a new policy for it or save him any money. I just mm. basically came in there and said, hey, this is how I'm going to treat your account. This is what I'm going to do. This is how we're going to attack it. And this is how we're going to keep it a low premium instead of letting your, your experience mod get out of control. And we're going to bring a lot of safety in and and stuff and he goes wow I, you know my current agent has never done that and so it was about an Oops. hour long yeah it was about an hour long meeting and after about an hour long meeting he signed a piece of paper that said he wanted me to be the agent right and you know that policy i make eighty five thousand dollars a year off one policy after an hour meeting and i've had it for five years now so that's a good and, hour yeah it was a great time. hour and work, he stays but, on it. like in here but it yeah. wasn't non-opposed either yeah. because it was that guy figured it out and you had the i mean it was a it, it, you know, there's a, a lot of it was a UFC in the grass fight. for that policy. It yeah. was a UFC fight type of deal. Like, I mean, you yeah. you both got in the ring. It wasn't like he slipped in and this guy didn't know what happened. Yeah. He, you got in and fucking went mano y mano with the yeah. guy and said, "Fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this account." And you went head to head with the guy and got his account. And he oh. fought you for it and you sure. still won it. That was what was cool for it. I mean, it wasn't like he you you yeah. sniped him out of it. He you did get in there. But he figured it out and tried to beat you, and you beat him, and you're still beating him for five years. So I think that's well. Awesome. And then there's a guy that keeps going to that account because he knows the size of it and wants it, and keeps telling this company that, hey, you know, you need to have me handle this account. And they kept telling him the first year that I had it, they're like, no, we're happy. We want to give Tony a shot. We're going to see how he's how he does on it, and we're going to kind of let it go. And this guy hit him up like three times, and then right before the renewal, he hit him up again, and. Uh, the manager called me and said, Tony, hey, so-and-so came by again. And I said, who is it that keeps coming by? And he told me his name. And so, and and, and the manager goes, you don't need to worry about it. We're not going to mess with him, but, you know, we just wish he would go away. And I told him he just needs to, to go get lost because we're really happy with what you did this last year. And so I called the guy. I called his insurance agency. And I said, hey, I heard you keep going after my account. And I said, <laughs> I need you, I, I'd like you to come to my office. And he goes, who is this? And I said, it's Tony Ferguson. I said, I handle this account and told him who I was. And he goes, he goes, what do you want? And I go, I want you to come to my office. He goes, are you sure? <laughs> and I go, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> he about he goes, well, how about if I come over, you know, at about two o'clock, it was about three hours after a phone call. I said, yeah, I'll be here. So he comes to my office and he's an older gentleman. And, and he goes, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so. And I said, okay, I'm Tony. And, and, uh, I said, I just wanted to let you know I don't appreciate what you're doing with my account. And he goes, he goes, Tony, I've been doing work comp for over 30 years. He goes, I have never, I have never had anyone call me into their office. He goes, he goes, you got balls of steel. And I go, I go, no, I don't. I said, you got balls of steel for going after my account. I say, stay the fuck away from them. They're mine and they're happy. If they're not happy, they know where to find you. I said, leave them alone. I said, that's all I'm asking. Don't be a snake in the grass. I said, Boise's too small of an area to yeah. be the way you are. And he goes, I've done this for 30 years. I'll keep going after him. I said, do what he got to do. They're not leaving. And then he goes, well, how about we just split the commissions? And I said, how about you just get the fuck out of my office? And he <laughs> left. But that was kind of how that conversation went he's down. A, he's yeah. a sleaze. Oh. It was how about we split the yeah. commissions? Yeah, before he left. He said, well, how about just because you know he what? thought I was going to be intimidated. His by balls it. are bigger. Yeah, and I was just like, Dude, whatever. Dumb. Yeah. Big, dumb And this is too small. Balls are big, bigger than his fucking brains. That's well, the problem. <laughs> he just, yeah. yeah, it was just one of those things. And, and, I, and Swan laughs about that deal. He goes, I can't believe you called that guy into your office. And I was like, I can't believe. He's those are the, but those still. are the great conversations. Yeah. I don't want you to mishear me. Yeah. And let's have it face to face. Yeah. And it isn't. It isn't. It's a rarity. Not necessarily does confrontational. That. Yeah. It's hey, I want to look you in the face yeah. and be like, hey, I don't appreciate it. Do business the right way. Because exactly. at the end of the day, it does matter. And wherever your community is, yeah. it's too small to be a dick. For sure. In the Boise's oversized high school, I call it, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody yeah. knows everybody. But mm -hmm. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, really, it's it's all little pockets of all that stuff, uh -huh. man. What you re what you sow is what you reap. 
Oh, for sure. All the time. And it may, it may be a 20-year cycle, but that stuff comes back around, guaranteed. Karma does not forget. No. no. Well, she's just, a bitch. You go back to the fact of what we started with here, which is like, I mean, insurance is insurance, right? I mean, it's, right. it's boring. It's all about the relationship. And the fact that your client has such, you have such a good relationship with your client that they're willing to call you and be like, yeah. you know, it, it's amazing. Like, that's yeah. the true strength in the whole the whole story right. is like, dude, you're, this customer was so fucking enamored with you. Like who, who, I mean, I'm talking to everyone who's anyone who's the millions of people listening to this millions, millions. Mm. listen to me. Think about it. Do you really have that relationship with your, with your insurance agent? You know what I mean? That's, that's what I, I think is so amazing about it right. because you have figured out a way and this is not in a snaky way. This is a straight up way. You have found a way to go into an industry where people basically, I think, just fucking forget about their customers. Well, it's called personable relationships. And you man. go in and you walk in and you're like, I do it all the time. I refer to pe I refer people to you guys yeah. all the time and say, hey, these guys will follow up with you. They're going to call you every year and look for a better deal. They're going to yeah. do these things that your agent doesn't do because it's an industry where people. Basically, I, it's a lot like real estate, right? Like we all know a mm -hmm. thousand realtors. Your realtor <laughs> only knows you when you want to buy something. Right. How often is your realtor following up with you? You know, right. the follow up that you have with this customer is, you know, we go, we talk about this in business all the time, right? Mm -hmm. People are so busy looking for the next thing. You know, like I, I posted a meme on my Instagram the other day that I thought was hilarious. It's a good point of how Ferg basically kills it. It's a picture of a guy walking down the street with his girlfriend, and he's looking back at a hot chick that just walked by. And it and it says, you know, you, and then it says current customer is the girlfriend, and it says uh -huh. new prospect, and it shows the hot chick as a new prospect. Right. You know, and that's a big thing in business where people are so busy gawking at what is going <clears throat> by, they're okay. not paying attention to the one that they, you know. And we see this in you know, in, in everything, but in relationships, especially like you forget about your, you're so busy looking at the other chick and then some guy swoops in and takes your girlfriend, but, you yeah. know, that's and why. And sometimes it's hard, man. I mean, from a creative side, there's clients that I've worked with for years and years and years. And sometimes it's hard because it isn't new. It isn't shiny. You're recycling the same stuff, but at the end oh, of the they're day, they're not going to leave me. They'll always be there. Right. They're just no. going to renew their policy. Yeah. They'll never leave me. No, and, no they will. until there's sure. one thing that trips them, yeah. it's one conversation away. When you're having drinks with somebody and they're they're like, "Oh yeah, well, blankety blank blank. Oh yeah, my my guy does this, right?" Dude, yeah. I haven't talked to my insurance agent in two years. But oh that, really? That, yeah, so mine I, and I talked to him last week. I talk oh, really? about like the law of proximity, right? Yeah. When you are proximate, so it's it's the the principle is when your neighbor gets a new car. Now suddenly that conversation is a conversation that you have where it wasn't before. Not that you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's just a proximity thing. Now suddenly it's a, yeah, I haven't really thought about that. You have conversations with people about insurance. It's still a proximity deal where you now suddenly you go, yeah, I don't really ever think about it because it's not on my immediate radar. I don't necessarily yeah. think about it because how often do I need it? But we all need it. Yeah. You have to fucking have it. Oh, yeah. There's no choice. You right. don't. It's no. against the law to not have it. <laughs> yeah. That's what's so crazy that all these agents don't get it. You no. know. And I think what's interesting for me, from a tie-in, from what I watch with you guys, with you and Swanee in the insurance industry, to like me in the building industry, similar deal where you've got a lot of old crotchety fuckers yeah. mm -hmm. that are dying and leaving. Yeah, the and average now we, age is 68 yeah. agency owners. Is it really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got the, the same deal. Like you look at like lumber, you know, or like building materials purchasers or, you know, like lumberyard managers. And yeah. we're seeing that turnover from the 60, 70 year old guys all of a sudden going to younger guys. Right. And it's funny because you talked, I was just in a conversation yesterday uh, where we were talking about, you know, reps talking about like, I don't understand why we got to have all this digital you know these digital things you know like i'll send you <laughs> I'll, what the hell? I'll send you a catalog well, i don't want a fucking catalog email me a link you know and they get pissed off about it well like it's the same thing with insurance right yeah. i think there's a point where now you've got these guys who just you know like i, I you know and i in my head when i say it i'm thinking of a guy sitting at his desk with a big old steel ashtray in the middle of it like madman fucking smoking a cigarette yes. at his desk it's not that way anymore. And like, I think you, to me, were on the first of that line yeah. of like the new, new crew coming in. Right. Yeah. And then, so my whole thing with my agency with Idaho premier is I turned it into 
Um, you know, I had a five-year non-compete clause with with Arizona Premier when mm -hmm. I opened up Idaho Premier. So going back to that, so after about year three, I was making the same amount of money as when I had left Micron. Mm -hmm. You know, I was bringing in between eighty to a hundred thousand dollars after year three. So I was like, okay, when I hit that mark, I know I'm going to be okay. You know. And so about year three, I knew I was going to be okay. I did get the big sale on top of that, which basically just doubled my income, which was really nice. Um, but then after I did that, it even got me more excited for what the industry had for me because I knew I was going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so after my five-year contract with Arizona Premier, they had a really bad design for me as far as an agent, which basically told me they wanted me to buy my book and move on because I only had to buy it at 20% annual commissions <laughs> so i was like yeah uh so year five came i had met with uh, some of my reps um by this time i had asked swan to come over to idaho premiere um the reason i wanted swanee on board basically is because of his commercial experience um when i was with arizona premiere we didn't have any direct commercial markets we we're all personal lines and so i wanted to go into commercial more because there's, that's where a lot of the money is. Big money. Yeah, big money. Lots and, of commas. And not having those appointments with Arizona Premier was another reason why I wanted to jump ship from them is because I wanted to run my own agency and use appointments that I thought would be the biggest benefit here in Idaho, not what appointments are good in Arizona, mm -hmm. which is what I was basing my agency mm -hmm. up here in Idaho right. on. And so there was a lot of, lot of flags that said, you've got to run from Arizona Premier. And I we came up with an agreement on how much I needed to pay them uh, for my buyout. Already had all the local reps here in Idaho saying they'd be glad to give me appointments here based on my last five years of doing business with them as Idaho Premier. Mm. And so once they gave me the yes, they'd give me appointments. I got my contract. I sent Arizona Premier a check the next day. Mm. Um, part of the reason besides just not having any commercial appointments is Arizona Premier, you know, the owners never came up, told me thank you. They never came up and bought me a lunch, never came really? up and bought me a beer. All they wanted was money from me, you know, mm -hmm. and they were just taking part of my commission. What right? a great relationship. And so, you know, my, I had asked him, I said, I had asked him previous, like, well, what about contingencies, which is bonuses you get for having so much written premium with some of the carriers? And they're like, well, we don't, we don't qualify for any contingencies, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Which I don't know if they did or didn't. I don't know how much premium they have. I never saw their books, but they'd been in business for about eight years before I joined them. So I figured that they were getting some contingencies. And then when I told them I was going to leave and, and, you know, just let me know what the price is, they said, well, what about um, <laughs> if we give you some of the contingencies? Oh, yeah. oh, those contingencies. And I go, oh, you mean the contingencies you guys don't qualify for? Like yeah. those ones? Like, Oh, we just uh, found them. We I'm just like, found them. I'm like, I don't, I don't want any of the contingencies you don't qualify for. I, I'd rather go get my own. So <laughs> I was like, you guys have never even been up here. You don't even know where my office is if you came to Boise. So. I'm good. I'm going that's out of my sad. Own. It is. And so well, that's corporate, right? That's, like that's partnership, right? That's a partnership thing. Is, yeah, it's like, there's no partnership. They weren't a partner. It's bad, it's bad, bad business. management. Yeah. It's very, what poor. do you expect? Yeah. You, do you expect to hire a great person that you never have any relationship with? No FaceTime yeah. and keep them. Right. Like that stuns me that there are businesses that are like, you're lucky to work here. It's right. the majority, dude. Yeah. I am that's dealing sad. with, I deal with well, it. That's we, why I deal with it this if you week. look at the way I know select is, and you talk to all of our producers and we have four producers now, Jason and I, and you talk to them, they're on cloud nine. They're like, we, mm -hmm. we couldn't be in a better position than where we're at now. And that's because I learned from what happened right. when I was working at Arizona premier, basically. Right. Like there's no Don't way my do it agent, that way. Yeah, that does not work. And, our agents do get part of the contingencies. That was one of the things that I brought up to Jason. I'm like, hey, I'm going to let you know we're getting our first contingency. And this was two years ago with Safeco, and we just brought on a new producer. And I said, how much money do you want to give him? And Jason uh -huh. was, was not happy about giving him money. Jason said, I don't want to give him any contingency. And I said, really? I go, well, okay, I'll give him some of mine. He goes, are you serious? And I go, yeah. I said, where did you come from? You came from Ricketts, right? You left Ricketts angry. And why did you leave Ricketts <laughs> so angry? Because you weren't getting bonuses. Yep. And now you want to start treating your employees and want them to be disgruntled underneath you like you were at Ricketts? Right. Like, no, that's not how I operate. I said, one of the things I loved, you're not learning. One of the things I loved about Micron was getting bonus checks and mm -hmm. feeling like I was part of a team. Everybody they, they do gets, a good job. They do an awesome job. Yeah. And and I loved Micron and their corporate, the way they ran it. I just didn't like how they laid off some of the better engineers or more experienced ones for younger ones so they could lower their overhead right. and cut pay and stuff. So, But the overall, the way you felt as an employee when times were good there, 
you felt loved. You felt like you were part of a team. And that's what I wanted Idaho Select Insurance to be. It's, it's going to be a team effort. Everybody's going to get part of the pie. Well, and that transparency, that's a big deal. And it's going to be where I don't have to worry about turnover. I don't have to worry about no. my producers looking for a better opportunity down the road because they're not going to find one. And if they go looking, good luck. The only reason you're not successful at Idaho Select Insurance is because you're not out networking and selling policies. If you're doing that, you will be very successful at our agency and you're going to love it. It's going to be a great job and it's going to be a great career. So as long as I've set up something like that, mm. it's going to make my job a hell of a lot easier. And I don't have to worry well, about it. Well, for the long term too. And all, yeah, and yeah. all of our producers at year seven, they'll have the opportunity to buy their book if they want. And right. I will guarantee you that none of them will buy it. Right. They'll be happy where they're at and right. they're going to keep producing more and more policies. If That's all broke. I want. Yep. Yeah. We sit there and we talk about it. I, it's funny. This week, I actually was just talking about it with a guy who, you know, working at a company where, and this happens more times than not. So I'm not acting like this is a, this is the norm, actually not the, uh, you know, you know, this is not a rarity for people, but we're in a situation, you know, he's in a situation where they have a great sales team. Everything's going great. The, the new contract comes around for 2019 and they basically start tweaking and shit. <laughs> And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you've got this amazing yeah. thing going, and you're fucking with it because basically, it's like, it's like if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of deal. Why the fuck are you tweaking with stuff that doesn't you know make sense? And and what are you gonna do? Like, let's say What's worst case scenario, yeah. everyone's like, fuck this, I'm out of here, right. and you got to retrain everybody. It's the same as you. You got to turn over your you know now you got to find new producers, and it's like it makes so much more sense to take that pro you know to take these people and just make them happy keep good people yeah. it's a money saver it's and a money amazing maker. but why is it so hard for people to understand stand that like i mean they literally go over and over again because it keeps happening I, it's yeah, like i think that it's a short-sighted yeah. greed i mean they're oh looking at God. it how can i how can i keep more of blank they're looking at the short yeah short term instead of long term well at the end of the day if you're looking at a spreadsheet and that's how you're running your business yeah. That's not the best way to run your business, man. Dude, and it back it's it just always a tool, backfires. Right? Oh, like, yeah. I, I don't give a fuck who you are. The 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 chances of you running a shady fucking way through that thing and not getting caught. Mm -hmm. Example, Swanee's previous employer, yeah. where sooner or later you're gonna be in a meeting with a representative that's gonna say, Yeah, well, you guys got that big fat check this month. That was pretty awesome. And they're like what check? Mm -hmm. the big fat what it's the old dog ear and all of a sudden yeah you know, like what? The, the what and then and then you know and then in the th the thing is and we've all been part of some project or some company or right. a, a, a you know something or a contract where someone gets that and you have to go have that conversation You're like hey uh i thought we were having really hard times but you know just like with you know with arizona premiere when all yeah. of a sudden they're like oh well these appointments we'll, yeah. we'll give you these contingencies oh, i thought we didn't get those yeah you know we've all been in that i was in a rep position where we you know basically they were like yeah we just we can't we can't pay you that because we don't have it and then when you mm. go okay i'm leaving and they're like hold on let, let us check oh yeah oh hold on i just found it we found we were it. off by oh, a zero yeah oh wait you know what actually yeah we did have that or, or you know in swanee situation where it's like well, we were at lunch with the rep the other day, and he told us they cut you a big fat check that we were supposed to get a piece of, but you said we never got that check. Yeah. Oh, that check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of our operation costs, and it goes into another fund. And uh -huh. so that's not. So, like, what happened is, and what happened? He left. Yeah. And he came over to you and you got, you know, and, and it's that, not a lie. It's just not all the truth. It's like, it didn't no. work, man. Like, I mean, but they, you know, I guess there's a point where they just think they can replace I, people. But. I do love like a little nugget of wisdom. Like if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember all the bullshit lies that you've put out there over the last 10 years. Yeah, exactly. If you always tell the truth, it's simple, mm. right? Okay. If you take care of people, that stuff ferrets itself out. It works it's, out. It well, Jason and I, so we've been with Idaho Slack. We've been doing it for three years. Has it been three years? Yeah. Well, with uh, I, just Idaho Slack. Yeah. And last month was the first month that we're ever profitable off of our producers versus our overhead, where we actually made money off of the income. And it would t it's taken us three years. Mm -hmm. Jason and I split 46 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What'd so, you do with all that? Well, we had lunch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I mean, that was our whole thing. Like, we're not going to make money in the short term on this deal, right? right? It's a long-term game. It's a long-term game. Yep. And we just finally, last month, you know, we're, we're profitable after three years. And um, so that was a good mark for us to finally hit. And it will probably teeter 
some months we'll be below, some months we'll be ahead. But, you know, we've got four producers now. And as all of them start bringing in more policy counts and start bringing in more commissions, then there's a chance that we're not going to be in the red anymore off what we get off their commissions. I love hearing the stories of businesses, though. When you get the context of that, (laughs) and we split our first deals 46 bucks. Yeah. Now, 20 years from now, there's more zeros attached to that. Sure. But I think we lose we the context. hope con- so, absolutely. Yeah. We lo- but we lose the context. Think about all of the, the great companies that were built. They weren't handed. Mm. They didn't just magically appear. But yeah. it's funny how, and everybody knows this, but we somehow forget that it takes a ton of hard work and yeah. dedication to build something worth building. Yeah. And there's no shortcut. No. It just takes time and hard work, and it's a marathon. It is. You know, sure. think about, so you're going to go do the Spartan thing Yeah. in, what, a couple weeks? March 10th, yeah. Right? It's the, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's not going to be a super quick thing. Yeah. And if you don't put the time in on the front end of it, you'll die. Yeah, I will. Right? Not metaphorically. You're going to die. Yeah. Hopefully you have a good insurance policy. We had my brother Not everything on. that goes to Vegas comes back to Vegas <laughs> if I die during the Spartans. So this might be a case where it does stay in Vegas, actually. But was when Ian came on, when my brother came on and we yeah. did the episode, you know, the, the previous episode where he said the hard, you know, the, the harder work, the luckier I get. That, Same thing. You know, yeah. Ferg's an example of that. And I think that's the the crazy part. But well, getting getting back to what we talked about, the whole, you know, getting on this episode, I think I want to Tell tell us a little bit more about like because I mean like I said how do you make how do you make insurance sexy what do you personally do to make it more exciting I mean it, obviously your personality is a huge part of it like you going out but tell us how you're doing it I know you do networking I know you get involved with some other guys and different things like what are you doing to take something that because here's the deal you're not going out there and being like oh man let me tell you about this cool new policy. That's no. not happening because there's hard? not a no. cool new That's policy, right? Oh, yeah. So how are you growing this business and how are you taking something that would be really hard for somebody with no personality? Because I've seen it. Like that's yeah. most, I mean, sorry, insurance agents out there, but that's a lot of insurance agents out there, right? <laughs> like you're, you're like, well, let me tell you about your problems. I'm going to lower your premium and I'm going to do, and you're like, what the fuck? This yeah. is like boring. How are you taking and why, why are you doing what you're doing and how are you doing it? Well, uh, well, I, that's a good question. I don't even know how I'm fucking doing it. But, uh, the end. Yeah, Thanks for joining uh, us on the Rig Heaven podcast. And the next episode, we'll bring in. Uh, no, I mean, if you've been in my office, you see I've got four monitors set up in front of me. Which I is, saw that posted when you yeah. got them all yeah. set up. I so remember that. nerdy as shit. So it, it is, is nerdy, nerdy, right? So, well, my background, you know, I was at Micron. So I'm a numbers guy. So for me, um, you know, I... I have an Excel sheet that I can look at at any time and I can tell you what I should make this month based on my numbers last month and what I've made that month for the last seven years. So I have an Excel sheet that has all my formulas with all my policies at, and, everything, and everything that I've built because it's just a numbers thing for me, right? right? And I love you numbers. you got to go get those numbers. So you got to go they get those numbers, right? They don't come to you, right? So I can make numbers my how I goal, want them. My goal every month is to increase my revenue $2,500 from the previous year. So I look at February of 2018, and let's say if I made 15,000 last February, I wanna make 17,500 this mm. February. So I'm always trying to increase my, increase my pay by 2,700 bucks or 2,500 bucks every month from year to year. So the cool thing about insurance is you set a foundation. Every year is a foundation. Right. And you build on top of that foundation because you get paid on renewals. Where real estate, you get one pay and then you're on to the next client and you don't get those residuals. And that's where residuals are huge in insurance. And so basically I should know every year, each month, what I'm what I'm gaining, what I'm making. And so for me, it's a numbers game. That's what makes it exciting to me. Right. It's not sexy to a lot of people. Numbers aren't. But to me, numbers are getting, super sexy to me, right? Right. And so how are you getting it? I'm getting it because I'm so excited about the numbers that when I talk to people about insurance, they can tell that I'm passionate excited. about taking care of them, right? Because I know if I get to take care of them, then I get to take care of myself. So I'm going to hit on something. So from a creative standpoint, so when I was building radio ads, yeah. I loved getting into that realm right there. Right. Right. So 
because what you do isn't sexy, no. but how you do it matters sure. because people want to do business with the guy that loves what he does. And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter no. what it is. It doesn't. Right. And at the end of the day, I honestly can't tell you how good you are at your job because yeah. I don't have the context to know. Yeah. Other people in your field could tell you, yeah, Tony's good. Yeah. Right. But the average customer really doesn't know. It's, it's the excitement and passion of that. Mm-hmm. But when I was trying to get their message into a concise 30 second radio commercial. And I would, I would call it a discovery deal, right? I would talk to you about what differentiates you between the guy down the street, but it's that right there. Yeah. It's that, man, I love the numbers aspect of it. It's a puzzle and I'm chasing the best win for this. And I love doing it for people. Yeah. I love the, the the personal interaction of knowing all of your stuff is covered and I've done this with precision and excellence, yep. right? That's For it. Sure. And being able to articulate that there's this, and I don't even know how to describe it, right? You just have an it. Yeah. There's you, people you, you that don't just it. have an it. And when you talk to people and explain it, yeah. they're like, you love what you do. Exactly. You know, you're passionate about insurance. And like, how do you get passionate about insurance? I didn't make myself passionate about it. It's just something where I'm like, I started feeling like I get to take care of people. Every day I go to work, I don't consider it work. Right. Every day I get to go talk to people and help people. I help right. people every day. That's how I look at it. Yours so is the same it's deal. Look at, some people look at me and go like, you sit there behind a desk in front of monitors all day. How can that be fun? Well, I look at it as every day I get to help people. Mm-hmm. I, it depends on how you look at the scenario, right? Yeah, yeah. Like to me, I, to me, it's not sexy. It's nerdy. I love being nerdy. Nerdy is cool to me. Nerd, that's, that's nerds make all I, the money. Well, I just enjoy that, right? right? It's fun. And you look at the numbers, you look at what you could do. And so now not only do I get to help people, but now I get to build an agency with really good producers who are going to be educated and we get to decide what products we're going to be able to offer our clients. And so, you know, that's what Jason and I have done. If we've looked at, okay, what products do we want now Idaho Select to represent? Right. Because these products are going to be what we're preaching to people. And we want to make sure we're kind of cutting edge. So we have a couple carriers that only like five to 10 other agencies in the state have. And so then we also have your, you know, standard, you know, Safeco and Travelers and stuff like that. So we've built our agency to kind of be cutting edge, but also have your standard carriers that, you know, are kind of like your home run foundations where you're going to put a lot of people. So that's exciting to me is running my own business, how to set it up to be successful and taking care of people. So that's what's made it sexy and why I'm passionate about what I do. Bingo. Are you using a lot of social media? Are you using, I mean, like, where are you getting I, these you new know, clients? Where do you get the new <clears throat> leads? How are you expanding well, on it? The majority of my stuff is referral based from my current client base. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, relationships. And I, it's, it's all relationships. It's a, it's and I think, part. I think that, you know, that's one of the things is when people talk to me and I help them, they kind of go and see how can I get other people in front of you? Right. Yeah. So they're yeah, my yeah. marketing. Right? right. And, and I know the better job I do selling them, they're going to be like, you know what? I need to find more people to get in front of you because you're a good guy, you know? You actually do care about me. You help me out a lot when no one else would or when no one else said they could. And so you never know who's going to know who. And mm-hmm. that's my thought process Amen. on every client, right? Like every time you talk to someone or the way you treat someone, you don't know if they're going to be the son of my biggest client. Right. And if I see some guy and he rubs me the wrong way and I'm like, hey, screw you. And he's like, oh, really? What do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm owner of Idaho Select Insurance. He goes, well, you insure my dad. I'm going to tell him to move. And then all of a sudden I'm screwed. Right. It's like, so that's one of the things, like I used to have all this marketing on my truck. You know, when I was with Idaho premier, I had a big, my yeah. back window. I never got one phone call from it, but I guarantee you, I flipped a lot. Of, a lot of people flipped off Idaho premier when I cut them off. And they're like, mm-hmm. the only thing mm-hmm. I saw about this marketing is people know the number to call and say, Hey, you're a shitty driver as <laughs> my know? driving and not going to call me and say, Hey, can you save me on my insurance? You know? So I'm like, well, I'm not going to have any more marketing on my car yeah. because I'm not a very good driver. I just, just rear ended yeah. you. Bam. I know you're right. covered. Yeah. Don't you love when you hear your insurance agent say, I'm not a very good driver. I got, <laughs> hey, I got great insurance in case I get in an accident. I know that. So, you know, that's one way of preparing for it. I haven't been in a wreck, knock on wood, for a long time. So that's great. I just used to do a lot of stupid stuff when I had a motorcycle. I, w- I witnessed that. Yeah. You know, not only oh, running into cars, but days. outrunning cops. So. Th- <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes he, he would just speed down the street as fast as he could and then come to a stop sign that had a lot of sand at it. Yeah. 
and slide right through it, and the car would T-bone him, yeah. throw him up in the air, and spin him around like a top, and put him back on the ground again. So, yeah. Yeah. and I probably awesome. am the only insurance agent in Idaho with five non-proof of insurance tickets. Hmm. That's yeah, everyone's got to be known for something. <laughs> yeah, so I'll put that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, to... I don't know if that's a badge of honor necessarily. It is. It's how you wear it. Yeah. It is how it's you wear it. It's where you wear it. That's how you, you know funny. what that is. It's pretty though? ironic that's now that uh, I'm doing insurance. Yeah, that's called real world experience. Yeah. Yeah. But See, there could these be... are the real stories we talk about. <laughs> but realistically, we're having the real, real shit. Story, the real shit. <laughs> yeah. Your insurance agent has a bunch of non no deal you know, no failure proof to, yeah. no proof insurance. Yeah. That's but there the could be a shit. lot more of those tickets, but I outran a lot of them. <laughs> we gotta catch there was five the times where I didn't get away. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Motorcycles are beneficial. Mm. So That's not what we're trying to promote here. No, no let's uh, not. Let's not. Run from we're promoting cops. making good decisions. Yes. Right. <laughs> but it's funny later when you make bad ones. Yeah. yeah. And we survived them. That's well, yeah. There is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you'll probably die of something really dumb. Yeah, and that something wouldn't surprise. Lame. And that wouldn't surprise any of my friends or me. <laughs> something super lame. Yeah, that you're pissed off about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I do love all of the, like the passion of what you're talking about. Yeah, and when you get it, and and you can see it. Like Trevor gets excited about concrete. Right. Right. And who, Building a house yeah. out of concrete. Not again. Mm-hmm. Not sexy. No. But you know, I mean, it, it's interesting. Super so, similar, yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm on a different end of this because I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm trying to get what you guys do, and communicate that to who your most efficient audience is, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't it isn't everybody, right? No. Yep. But it is understanding what what is it that you do? What is it that's the differentiators? What are those things that that when when you are talking to somebody that does differentiate what it is that you do versus some guy with some other insurance agency and being able to articulate that in a smart way. Yeah. I know. I think one of the things is a lot of people think that an insurance agent, you know, can go work whatever hours and they're golfing 50% of the time. And then Mm -hmm. they're in the office 50% of the time and that life's easy, but they don't see us when we're in the office Saturday and Sunday or, you know, Jill used to always ask me, why are you going in the office? You run your own company and you go in at five in the morning. And I'm like, well, you just answered your question with what you just said. I run my own mm-hmm. company. It doesn't <laughs> run itself. Like you've got to go in and do work. Right. Yeah. And that's what people don't see. Like yeah. you're going in at five in the morning. I mean, and I'm like, yeah, because the phones aren't ringing yet and I can get work done. I said, once the phones start ringing, it's tough for me to get what I need to get done. <laughs> I was just talking to my busy I am. Right. And so that's the whole thing. It's like, I'm going yeah. in at five in the morning so I can get work done. Cause I run my own company. That doesn't mean you just get to stay you're home never, and yeah. money just starts going into an account magically because you started up a, a business. It doesn't, happen like that i tell my kids all the time when you're self-employed you're never off but you're never on yeah and you know it's it's one of those things like i can i can adjust my schedule to the point where i can go to my son's football game right you know at three o'clock on a two on a thursday afternoon but that also means i'm going to answer my phone at three o'clock on a saturday when somebody calls me too so you're never off you're never on it's it's a give and take both ways and i think that's what people don't understand, but that's, that goes back to why you're successfully like you are, because here's the deal. You're doing that extra work mm-hmm. and you're answering your phone when someone calls you, you know, and I think back to what Jody said, I, I know that that's why I get, you know, I feel the same way you are about my thing. I get pissed off about people not building a better house because I know there's a better way to do <laughs> right. it. Right. Like, I mean, oh, I'm passionate same. about it in a way I'm yeah. like, I'm fucking mad. Like, I mean, I'm like, why do these people and I get in these, I mean, I've had like literally almost confrontations with, with builders because I've said, this is bullshit. You know, you're not building the best house and you're still building you know, something for somebody that's not as good. The same way you get fired up when you see an insurance agent taking advantage of somebody because you know you could do it better. And that's what gets you up at five in the morning. That's what gets me sitting there thinking at night and I'm I'm doing research at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, looking up different competitors and different things and joining different organizations and things like, like, how do I get more involved? I mean, I was in Phoenix this week, you know, speaking with a bunch of people for the, the National Ready Mix Concrete Association because I'm passionate about, you know, people, we get the word out to people that, Hey, you know, we can build with concrete and do a lot better job and make people safer and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it is that passion, right? Mm -hmm. It's the passion you have for it. And it's, and I think that answers our question. I mean, we started this whole thing with the idea of like, how do you make something boring? 
you know, into something. It's not boring for you. That's how mm. you make it that way, right? right? Yeah. Because it's how it's how you pre- how you present it. Yeah. Because in your mind, it's not. Mm-hmm. Like to us, we're sitting here laughing about it, like, oh, it's boring. Not Lumix spells, Well, your but neighbor that it. you referred to me, right? right she right. she came to me and 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 I didn't know she was shopping rates. She you said, you know, call Ferg and have him run some rates for you and see what happens. And so I ran rates and didn't know what to expect and sent them over to her. And I said, Here, you know, this is the best thing I came up with. And she goes, Oh, my current agent that my folks work with in Oregon had sent over a presentation from the same carrier. Right. So we both had presented the same mm-hmm. carrier mm-hmm. and she goes, yours is about $25 more a year than what she presented. Why is that? And I said, oh, and I'll send both quotes over to me and I'll review them and see. And so I'm kind of like looking at everything. And well, the other agent had given her like 100,000, 300,000 limits on her auto insurance and 300,000 liability on her homeowners. And I had put 250,000, 500,000 on her auto and 500,000 on her home. And so I had basically doubled all of her coverages for like 25 bucks a year. And I said, okay, so we sent you both the same carrier, but I doubled the coverages. And so when you have your rates set, the carriers look at you as if you're a good risk or if you're a bad risk. And if you're a really good risk, increasing your liability limits super high is going to have a minimal impact on your premium because you don't have claims, mm-hmm. you don't use your insurance. So max those sons of bitches out because it's going to be dirt cheap to stretch in your dollar basically. And so I said for 25 bucks, you can have 250, 500 and another 200,000 of liability on your home for 25 bucks a year. To me, that's a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. And I said, that's where the difference is on how I looked at the policy that I wanted to put together for you. And I said, I didn't know you had another agent that was representing the same carrier as me. I just looked at, oh, your rates only go up 15 bucks a year. If I go from 100, 300 to 250, 500, it's better. Uh, we're going up to that 250, 500. I'm not gonna question it. Right. It's a no brainer, right? It's a no brainer situation. So I do those no brainer situations all the time for my clients, just because if they're like, well, we got a young teenager, we've got you know four cars, we've got a home. I'm like, okay, well, you need an umbrella. And then when's this teenager gonna be you know, 16 driving soon? Pretty soon, okay, so that's great. And then all of a sudden you start looking at everything and you're like, well, is your teenager got a Facebook account? Well, that's where a lot of liability comes in. There's slander or anything like that that you really? can Yeah, and so your liability on your homeowners will cover that. So a lot of people don't understand that that will be covered. And so when I bring that up, that teenagers can do things on social media that would be covered by their homeowner's insurance or by an umbrella policy, they're like, are you serious? I never knew that, you know? Who knows that? that? Nobody knows that, right? How on earth do you know that? Or when, guess what? When something happens and all of a sudden someone says, hey, my daughter was kidnapped and we're offering a $25,000 ransom uh, reward or reward for it. Guess who's putting up that coverage for the twenty five thousand? It's the insurance carriers offering that reward. Yeah, that's what your standard homeowners policy typically. So that's you know a lot of people don't know that. Um, I have so a that's one of the educational. Yeah, don't <laughs> kidnap my daughter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't piss off Liam Neeson right now. Right? No, that would be a bad idea. Yeah. But I think you're you are glazing over something that I think is a really really big deal. Yeah. You take the time. To look at it and have a conversation and educate your clients. Oh, sure. As Absolutely. to and and honestly, some people don't. They're just not good at it. Right? Yeah. Or they or they don't necessarily see. You know, how do I monetize the extra time that it takes for me to educate somebody on blah 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 blah? Right. Right. They'll they'll calculate it out. But at the end of the day, you don't really know how many people are going to be in contact with. So the gal that you were just talking about, she's going to tell 15 people about how, yeah. And this guy was great. And then I had this and he explained to me, people, people will forward the good. They will also forward the bad. Right. For sure. And everybody, everybody knows that, Mm -hmm. but taking the time and making that stuff a priority, man, that stuff carries so much weight and there's seeds. It's seeds that are getting planted and you really don't know when they're going to sprout up. No, but if you're not doing that, you're not planting any seeds. Yeah. One of the things that I would talk to my clients about all the time was it's conversations. If you're not in the conversation, you will not get picked. You run a 100% chance of not getting picked. Oh, for sure. Right? If yeah. you're in the conversation, you run a percentage of, it's just a statistical thing depending on all the factors, right? Mm-hmm. It's just numbers. Yeah. If you're not in the conversation, it's zero. Yeah. Right? And I, I would do... 
like silly things, right? So the sentence is, hey, let's go grab a sandwich for lunch. It's intentional about the writing of the sentence. I've dictated geography and I've dictated time frame because of what? Because it's lunch. Mm-hmm. You're not going to drive 20 miles to go have lunch. Just not, right? Because no. lunch is fast, right? Let's go get a sandwich. We're not having sushi. We're not having pizza. We're having a sandwich. Just within those two factors of that statement, I can narrow the focus of what you're going to think about, right? Yeah. And it's going to be a sandwich shop. Okay. So if I say that to you, hey, let's go grab a sandwich for lunch. Where do you want to go? Um, Top three. Uh, Georgia's Deli. Uh, right. Deli George. Yeah. Or Deli George. Right. Uh, Cobbies. Cobbies. And then Fat Guy's Deli. Okay. So all within how far of your work? Well, Deli George is... Deli is George is, is a little bit of a ways. But so mm-hmm. the quality of that offsets the location, offsets the geography yeah. because it's so good. It's worth it. Commute. Right. Yeah. It's worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting when you, when you look at all that stuff and all the little factors of that, yeah. just the simplicity of, if you're not in the conversation, sushi place, you didn't get picked because yeah. I dictated the conversation with the, let's go grab a sandwich for lunch. Here's the thing. You already know what sandwich you're going to get at Deli George. What are you going to get? Mm, it's probably the chicken carbonara. Right. I already know I'm getting the chicken focaccia. See? It's not even on the menu anymore. Uh-oh. Ask for a 21. It's amazing. Okay. It, but it's fascinating because it's behavioral, right? Yeah. You already know what you're going to get because it's familiar. Same thing. I, I'm not going to change my insurance unless there's a conversation that happens. What are the seeds that are planted that, that get yeah. that ball rolling? That's where those relationships matter, <laughs> right? Taking care of a customer, that's why it matters. Yeah. Because sure. now you've started a conversation that's going to be continued and continued, and she's going to talk to somebody about something, somebody be bitching about something, and she's going to be like, oh, my insurance guy's awesome. I didn't know this. Guess what? I double my coverage for like $2 and change a month. Exactly. That's nothing. Yeah. There's $2 and change in, in Trevor's couch. Well, I always tell people, it's like, just don't do a Starbucks coffee this month, and you'll pay for your increase in your premium. Yeah. You know, that's what I always tell people. And it's you worth know? how much more? Yeah, exactly. 100000 150000 Exactly, right? right. And just stretching your that's, dollar. That's smart math. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway. Well, we're right at our uh, cutoff time. We've put in an hour, pretty much. And Oh, your I'm, drink's empty. I'm mm. out of my drink. Oh. So it you is need to pour bigger drinks, to, either yeah. bigger drinks or stiffer drinks. No, <laughs> we can do multiple episodes. So we, uh, <laughs> we, just, we just stop the episode, we pour another drink, and we do another one. So... Uh, you do. You, these are good uh, drinks, though. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's calorie free, but it's well balanced. Yeah. I feel thinner already. I'm a, th- I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a very thoughtful, healthy alcoholic, is what I like to think of. So you know, this is a, you. this is a calorie free way to get your booze, and uh, it's good though. Proud of you. Little Tito's soda and lime. So I uh, want to thank Tony Ferguson for coming and giving us some knowledge on. I, 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 I will mm. say, like, I mean, Thanks I've been around this my whole life, but. It's a whole nother perspective on the insurance business, and I don't know that we feel like it's a boring thing now uh, that we did it maybe an hour ago. Passion ain't boring. Hopefully, I made it it's sexy not. for you. You did. It was, well, probably the sunglasses. Sunglasses. Uh, I would say that's probably the sexiest. But um, what I would say is uh, closing out here it would be, Ferg, tell us kind of what you think um, you're going to do moving forward with the insurance business like what is your plan for 2019 like i've mm. i've talked about like for me 2019 for me is execute i'm going to try to execute more mm. talk you know i talk a big game i need to execute what i talk about what have you decided you're going to do for your 2019 like uh, goals to, wise or what yeah, yeah what how are you how are you growing idaho select insurance mm. to be where you want to be in 2020 well uh so one more thing we want to do is bring in a producer uh, we got one more office that we want to fill and we want them to be experienced. So that's going to be one of our main priorities this year is to put in another producer. And then um, I'm going after farm really heavy this year. Hmm. So just got certified to sell crop insurance and um, teaching a farm class February 21st to a bunch of farmers. Um, and hopefully I'll have some opportunity to quote some farm and I'm going to try and add another hundred thousand to my revenue this year. Cool. That's my goal. I like I think, that. I think it's huge. I mean, that's just, that's, it's probably one of the things, like I said, we go back to a lot of different episodes we talk about. Surround yourself with fucking positive people, right? This is one of the positive guys I surround myself with mm-hmm. that you surround yourself with. This is why we do what we do is because this is the type of people. He's got the goals. He's setting forth those goals and he's doing it. So, uh, turning out really good. I think, um, before I say what we're going to do, maybe next episode, do you have we anything you want to Are we going to do the shirts? 
We don't uh, know. We're gonna push it back. No, because I like your idea. Maybe do a little research on that. I so want to. Yeah, I want to be prepared. Research. But I think it's we fun. have an opportunity, and we'll have to. Uh, we'll go off air here, and we'll we'll talk to Ferg and see if we've got another episode in us. But we've definitely got a couple uh, options. I think he might be beneficial for to maybe do another Ferg episode. Uh, you could do an episode on all of his near death experiences. That'd pretty be, much. Oh God. Like I do like the idea. Of, that was, uh, <laughs> we got a lot of tape on that. <laughs> <laughs> one of the episodes that I've got coming up that I think would uh, be a good one is the culture of the sale, which I think is a very interesting thing. And I've uh, I've got a, some little quotes about that. But like, you know, it's not just about the culture. And you know, we talk about the culture in the office or what it is, but mm-hmm. like the culture that you bring to the relationship of the, you know, the business and what you're doing with people. And I think it's more, I would love to hear some more stuff about what you do, Jody, with the, you know, people, cause you have to get in mm-hmm. and understand the culture of the business to sell oh, it, it, it. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and so, culture, culture will, it'll be your motor or it'll sink you. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a, a lead for you to take the lead on that next episode with that. But I think Ferg's got some interesting concepts on that. So sure. maybe we'll do something like that, but yeah, uh, we just went over it. a little bit of an hour here. So I think we did it's pretty good, good though. It was all good stuff. Thanks so. Ferg. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Killed it Ferg. It was fun. Appreciate it, bud. It's a good time. All right. All We're right. done. We're done reeking today. We've wreaked as much havoc as we can for this episode. We'll try to get We need to come up one. with some really witty out. Yeah. Mayor Havoc be blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'll think about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Something cool. If not, we'll just make why it cool. Why, like, why don't you yeah. just say, Are you not in a day? We'll just do some cool like, soundbite. Sound bite. Sound bite. Why don't you just say, We, we reek enough? <laughs> we do reek. Yeah. So we're done. <laughs> All right. I got to go get in there drink. <laughs> the threshold has been reached. We're reeked out. Yeah. Peace out. <laughs>